The Right Hook Podcast. With the Mitsubishi Commercial Range. Pajero Executive, Pajero Commercial, Outlander Business and new L200. All with a leading five-year commercial warranty. MitsubishiMotors.ie Well, the week on The Right Hook here at Newstalk is coming to an end with me, George Hook. And we've got some of the outstanding items of today's show that you can listen to just in case you miss them. We're at the BBC uh, in London's West End and I've got two Irish uh, with me uh, talking about uh, Brexit, of course, which is the only story here in the UK. Connor Sheridan, Irish-born actor, singer, producer, and Neve Shields, an Irish-born food blogger at eatlikeagirl.com, one of the most prolific food blogs in the United Kingdom. We might talk about those two items in a minute, but Connor and Neve, welcome to the programme. George, how you doing? Let's you. stick to the you know, the story at hand, me first. Yeah. Um, have you guys voted already? I have, oh, yeah. yeah. voted this morning, yeah. Well, it's a secret ballot, so you don't have to tell me. But, Neve, what do you think? Well, I'm 100% Remain from the very beginning. I never had a doubt. I think it's really important that we stay in the EU. Um, I love London for its uh, cosmopolitan, multicultural nature. I love how inclusive it is. I love how it's so comfortable for everyone. And for me, being part of a wider community is all symbolic of that. Like you're here 15 years. Yeah. So you're probably not going back any day soon, are you? No, I'm not. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> so um, everyone always asks me this every time I go home, but London is home now. No, but yeah. that means you're yeah. invested I am. In, in, right. in it and making yeah. decisions. Is it similar for you, Carl? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm here. 16 years? 16 years. I came over when I was 19. So I came over for education. Uh, and I so I kind of went from living an Irish life to jumping straight into kind of an English way of life in terms of education and everything else. And uh, absolutely, London's an amazing city. I've been here a long time and... Um, it's diversity. It ha- everybody's here, though, usually for a reason. It's probably yeah. to advance themselves in some way. Or to so you remain as well. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. You see, it's interesting to compare me with you, right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> you were here when you were young. I came here at nineteen. Yes, but but like that was. Uh, uh, 56 years ago, right? <laughs> so we, the Irish who came here then, yeah. were by and large poorly educated, yes. were working on the buildings mm. or whatever. It was a different kind of Irish. Sure. Whereas the Irish who are coming here now, and even in, in the last 20 mm. odd years, are coming here educated. They're not all going to an Irish dance in uh, the Edgware Road or no, something. Every Saturday or, night, or, or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, happens yeah, to be. Yeah. It's different. Neve, what about, do you know or does anybody know what happens if they leave? Well, this is a, a real concern because there has been no discussion of what happens should we leave. No, no discussion whatsoever. We don't know what's going to happen. There's, it's that we don't, there's just been no discussion. Everyone's afraid to talk about it. And I don't like, I don't know. That's, well, I'm really worried about that. Yeah, but Connor, what about leadership? Now, admittedly, we're watching, I'm watching this through yeah. the prism of the Daily Telegraph. Or the I Nine know, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're on the loony right, are you? You're on the yeah. loony right. Absolutely, I absolutely. Uh, but I, I, or the BBC Nine O'Clock News. Yeah, yeah. I've got the Guardian here, George. You don't you. get the impression <laughs> that Corbyn and the Labour Party or Cameron are really invested in it because their parties are divided. But let me tell you this, George, right? Jeremy Corbyn, his, his values I agree with to a certain point. You will not win an election in this country from the, the, the left, from, you know, the extreme left, and you won't. 
and it's a skill of being able to bring people with you. He had an opportunity here to destroy the Conservative Party for the last two months. They were in civil war with each other. Uh, and he didn't do anything at all. Even on a chat show I saw him a couple of weeks ago asking, on a scale of one to ten, how much would you love the, the EU? He said, about seven and a half. You have to take people with you. And the problem, if you watch him in the House of Commons in question time, he doesn't have the leadership and I would say kind of the performance skill to bring people with but him. But if that's the case, I mean, if the, like in, what you're really suggesting is that Boris is a better communicator than Cameron or Corbyn. I, well, I, I disagree with that. Do you? Uh, I think Boris blinds everyone with buffoonery. Yes. It's a total nonsense in my opinion, it's, it's ridiculous. You see him on, you know, there's videos all over YouTube. And, um, you know, he's been mayor of London for years. Um, Boris would not get my vote. You know, he really wouldn't. Because I just don't buy into that stuff. I think behind the veil of the buffoonery, there's a lot of other stuff going on. And we will see that should we leave. Like, say, leadership of the Conservative Party, I mean. Well, that's that what might about. be playing a yeah. long game. That's yes, absolutely. I would yeah. say so, yeah. But, but Connor, it's a bit much just to ask both of you, in a sense, to represent the Irish here. But, oh, but, know, yeah. but you know a lot of Irish people, I'm sure. Yeah. Are the Irish united on this, do you think? Because we had a couple of clips from a poll station, much older Irish people by and large mm, 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 were mm. talking about leaving. Mm. That's interesting because I would say uh, just talking to a few older people over the past couple of weeks, the general kind of consensus is they want to leave mm. and a lot of younger people want to stay. Now that's up for your own interpretation. There's arguments on both sides but I think the arguments are very different in terms of the older people are looking at things in more of a patriotic way or whatever else and I think younger people are looking at things with more of a and yeah. things are different measured. as well what you have to remember now about moving here now and moving here 50 years ago we're much more integrated now we don't live in a kind of a, a community all together we're everywhere we're all over London and you know all of our friends I have loads of Irish friends but I've also got friends from England I've got friends from everywhere and so my view is a really European and international view but in 300 we, we had Adrena Curry and Lord Michael Dobbs on Mm. Yeah. In the last 12 months, 330,000 people came to Britain. Mm -hmm. uh, how do they cope with 330,000 people a year? Because every Latvian, Lithuanian, Estonian, and heaven knows what's going to come here. But Edwina Curry said, Connor, yeah. that in 20 years, Britain will have a bigger population in Germany. That's quite possible. There's it no, is, 85 yeah. million. I mean, I'm no immigration expert. Obviously, it's something that has to be looked at. You're not, even if you come out of the EU, you're still going to have immigration. It's not yeah. going to be... It's not going to change is. it. They, they, the Latvians and Lithuanians aren't going to be able to walk in. No, but if they want to be part freedom of the... Of movement. But there's a lot of people walking out as well. It's not like nobody is leaving here. There's so many people from the UK, retired people going to live in France and going to live in Spain. People are, you know, there's movement both ways. And then there is a statistic uh, that the UK, in terms of population density, is 53rd in the world. So actually there is room. Now, whether the infrastructure can cope, that's the, the big question. Yeah. My know. guests uh, here in the BBC in London, uh, Connor and Neve are with me because Neve is a food blogger. I don't. I'm going to ask you yeah. about <laughs> eat like a girl. Yeah. How does one the eat like a girl dot com? Well, I think the whole point of that was if uh, Connor's going to fall off his chair laughing. Uh, the whole point is, I got really annoyed when people were like, "Oh, eat like a girl," and that meant you didn't eat at all. And I was like, "Well, actually, almost every girl I know and every woman 
loves to eat too. So I just wanted to kind of share that. And message. you're a food blogger. That's right. And I actually full time food profession. writer. Yeah, full time food, food writer, writer now. Yeah, yeah. I started off with the blog nine years ago. Uh, I'm working on my second book now. I write freelance. I write for the Guardian uh, and people like right. that. Left wing papers like Le- left wing papers. <laughs> I do. I have. I have written for right wing too. Food. Food doesn't know any political no, boundaries. That's true. Yes. Too. Yes. Actors, singer. Mm-hmm. Are you a singer or an actor? I would say actor and then singer, but then you right. know, yeah, that's what that's how I'd probably put it. So, so I mean, whatever about being a food blogger, yeah, there is <laughs> nothing more precarious than being an actor. I could write probably about two or three books on it at this point after like twelve years. But yeah, it's a very precarious business. It's a very precarious life because a lot of it's based on look and serpentipity and all of that. But it is a fantastically rewarding. Uh, job and opportunity when you do it it's fantastic but when you talk about acting is that primarily on the boards or would it be your television listen my work has been predominantly in the theatre in fact for the last 12 years on and off Uh, so when you said you came here to go to school Mm -hmm. you went to acting school I went to drama school for three years yeah right and and, uh, so I was Jumped straight into that kind of way of life and then, you know, um, I've lived here ever since. So I've based myself professionally and, and I've worked here and I've worked abroad as well, you know. But that's, I want to mm. ask you something that's mm. been bugging me for quite a time, right? Go on. You're mad, the good wife, I don't know whether you're watching uh, oh, it or not. Oh, Penelope Keats. No, 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 no. Who's in the good uh, wife? Julia Margulies. Julia Margulies, American uh, series, all yeah. right. But... <laughs> The point about it is, the one of the great guys in it is an American yes. political wizard, right? Yes. But he's Scottish, right? right? Ian Cummings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cumming, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he was on the Late Late Show, yeah. like, you know, he sounds like Glasgow Rangers or Glasgow Celtic. When he's on The Good Wife on television, you'd swear that he was born in New Haven, Connecticut, and lived there all his life. Now, can you do that? Accents, yeah, that's part of the job. I'm but actually. Can you redo yeah, it? Yes, I can do. But there's a technique to that. It's you know. But yeah, I. Some people are good at it. Some people are not so good at it. But uh, you know, it's something you have to. Saoirse Ronan apparently is very good at it. For oh, instance, she's, she's a phenomenal yeah. actress. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but yeah. but so you can play a Devon yokel bringing in the hay, can you? It's <laughs> haven't worked on the Devon one yet, George. <laughs> but give me a few days and we'll work it out. Well, the American one's interesting. I mean, if you got the gig, there's another guy. I was on television with him where they picked three fat people. There was me, there was him, uh, 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 and he got a gig on The Good Wife for a while. But he did the American accent quite Yeah, but well. it's easy for Irish people to slide into the American because, uh, you know, we, we pronounce our oars. So it's kind of, we can slide into it. It's All pretty right. easy. Yeah. So, <laughs> 16 years he came mm. over as a wee 19-year-old. Yeah. Right. You came over 15 years ago. Yeah. We won't say how old you were when you came over. Yeah. Um, why did you come over? Economic circumstances well, I had, or not? I had just finished my master's, which was actually EU-funded. Um, so master's in, in technology. Yeah. And I couldn't get a job in Ireland at the time. I was living in Cork. Um, it was in uh, 2001. Are you Cork? I'm from Waterford, but I studied All in UCC. Right, okay, okay. And so I, the only job I could get was in a call centre. And so I had decided I wanted to travel anyway. And I decided I'd start in London. And I just fell in love with London after some time and I never I, left. I tell you something. I got a taxi in from Heathrow, oh, right? Yeah. And when I first came here as a 19-year-old, there was no Chiswick flyover. There was yeah. no, 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 no. no, none of the flyover. No, so no, no. Right, so <laughs> I, you came in yes. at the A4. But every time I come here, I just I, there's a great sense there's of energy there's yeah. buzz and there's, a great there's optimism oh, I think that's place. the thing about London and I, I think it's the nature of a big city it's an optimistic place <coughs> 
the fog is here. Listen, uh, <laughs> you know all the rain you got here yesterday? Oh, yeah. Name? It's in Cork. It's oh, really? Cork. I thought you'd been doing a Dunbeg today. Did you, did you visit he he on, the, on the red carpet, Joe? He hasn't arrived yet, but we're going to County Clare next. Thanks for that very neat segue. I can see I can see you have a huge career in acting. Ah, no, you, right? So look out for Connor Sheridan next time you go to Saturday night at the London Palladium. <laughs> and eat like a girl.com. Neve Shields. Uh, thank you both. Thanks, thank you. George. Uh, Chavik updates are ne- next on what Trumpy did for County Clare. <laughs> All on the right hook on News Talk from London and the BBC, courtesy of Aer Lingus and the Doyle Collection. The Right Hook with the new Mitsubishi Outlander 7-seater automatic with sporty paddle shifters for super smooth gear changes at your fingertips. MitsubishiMotors.ie Welcome back. It's The Right Hook in London. Well, as we draw to a close in the programme, people, of course, still voting in the United Kingdom on the first referendum since the 1970s. And uh, the Kenny Taoiseach seemed to believe that he could persuade the Irish to vote as one. Well, I wonder, will they? In studio, I have three Irish people who are going to use their vote, and it's uh, Tony Davis, Kevin Byrne and Dylan Haskins. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Now, Tony, just in the lead up to this, I Mm. sort of mentioned that you were, these two young people were giving you a few years. So (laughs) that's actually quite interesting because what I'm trying to tease out here is there a generational difference. Are you staying or leaving? I voted to remain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure there is a a generational difference. I think... um, I, I'm not sure about an Irish thing, but I think anybody, I think it's a class thing, actually, partly yeah. uh, in, in, in England. And I think that uh, from what I know of the two guys here, um, I think it's more to do with the fact that they are from a particular class, from particular uh, professions, that they will vote. And remain. what about you, then? I mean, when yeah. did you come here? I came in 1986. Okay. Uh, so 30 years ago. 30 years ago last month. Yeah, okay. And I remember very clearly uh, that particular month because before I left, Bono was uh, had organised some kind of self-aid thing, I think it was called. Yeah. And it was some kind of effort to recognise the idea that there was a huge outflow of young people particularly yeah. the graduates, actually. Well, the 80s. I and the, this is well. we're talking about the yeah, 80s. That's right. Yeah. And it was pretty bleak, actually. It was a That's very right. different Ireland. And then when I arrived here in, later in the, uh, the month, uh, there was a sport aid event called Run the World. And uh, 200,000 people were in Hyde Park running 10K, uh, along with 89 other countries around the world. So right. there was that sense of kind of... You, you hit a place that was global and it was full of But uh, uh, my generation, when yes. we came here, we weren't very popular, actually, you know. and, and um, This would be the 50s, I suppose. 59, 60, okay. yeah. We weren't yeah. very popular. No. And we might find it difficult to get bed and breakfast or, yeah. you know, date a girl or mundane things yes. like that. You, in the 80s, and now the two boys, forgive me calling you boys, but compared to me, you are, Kevin Byrne and Dylan now, Dylan, I interviewed you before. You ran for the doll as a callow student pretty well. So you're politically aware, I guess, are you still? 
well, you can't you can't not be on both sides of the water as well, you know. So being here, you naturally, you know, clue into the politics here. And you all have votes, of course. I mean, to get a vote mm. over here automatically when you come. Yeah, in the same way, actually, British citizens living in Ireland have a vote in Irish general elections. Although European citizens living in Ireland don't, because oh, it's, it goes back pre Good Friday actually, but um, and but British citizens in Ireland can't vote in our referenda or for okay. president, but we can vote for a referendum here because this isn't about their constitution because they don't have one, but All it's right. about legislation. Okay. So I mean, it's interesting point Tony was making. I mean, he looked at you two and mm-hmm. sort of said, "Your class and yeah. your age is that right? Well, is it about both class as in as in social class, not class?" Of Trinity or UCD. Um, well, so, to, so Tony's generation, I think, who, as you say, you came in 1986, I was born in 1987, and <laughs> um, certainly did pave the way, I think, for our generation. And each generation has made it easier for another one to yeah. come, to the point where I think there's there's no difficulty at all for our generation coming here. And with that, obviously, you know, social, socioeconomic conditions in Ireland have changed. So there's mm. naturally going to be a class difference in the type of people coming yeah, here. Yeah, you see, I, my, my third guest is Kevin Byrne. And, and Kevin, you were a student activist in some shape or form. You edited the paper at UCD and so on. So people like you and Dylan, you come here well-educated, not Jars university graduates, but also well-educated in the pluses and minuses of this referendum. And you can't say that for every one of the 46.5 million people entitled to vote. Uh, no, you definitely can't. Um, I'm lucky enough to have gone to university. I have a degree in economics and politics, so I would know a lot about this. I've got a lot of interest in politics. Um, I think there is a point that it is kind of divided along class lines because I think the working class have been hit extremely hard in this country mm-hmm. uh, by austerity in the same way that they have been back in Ireland. There's a movement uh, to shift the blame on the kind of things that are hitting the working classes from politicians onto this kind of vague idea of foreigners who can't really blame anything Mm. on uh, but you can blame it all at the same time there's no one to really stand up and take account for them so there's this there's this movement from British politicians uh, and I think everyone knows who I'm implying um, to blame these these things like stress on the NHS despite cutbacks they're blaming it on immigrants despite the fact that immigrants have come in and worked in the NHS and Mm. helped prop it up uh, competition for school places by the fact that Michael Gove has, uh, when he was minister, uh, Secretary for Education, kind of contrived this whole every school needs to be somehow above average, even though that being literally impossible situation with Ofsted. Um, and everyone's kind of blaming this on, oh, there's too many immigrants and... Yeah, it's, it's these kind of areas. All right, okay. Well, I, these two young men, Tony, as you can imagine, are pretty idealistic, right? Mm. Whereas you and I are I'd slightly, like, slightly I'd like more to pink <laughs> than I'm. <laughs> slightly more cynical of these values. But but the point that Kevin makes, right? The NHS is not the fault of the immigrants. But if there are three hundred and thirty thousand more people in Britain now than there were last year, there must be more pressure on the NHS. There must be more pressure on school places. No. I assume that it it has a certain logic, but of course the other side, I suppose, is that the NHS relies on immigrants. If the immigrants went home tomorrow, the NHS would collapse. It would it, it would it would fall apart. Now, as I just say, so, in a country of fifty six million people, if you can't 
withstand an increase of 300,000 people coming in, then your infrastructure isn't very good. Yeah, but it's going to be 30 million more but, but in, it, within 20 years. But George, even in, in almost every economy they come to, yeah. but it's especially the case here, immigrants are net contributors to the economy because they come when they're young and already educated for the most part, so you don't mm. have that cost. And they sometimes leave when they're old and infirm and you don't have that cost. So you actually get them at the kind of cheapest point. You just get the best of them and they're I labor. have to tell you, Bertie Ahern told me this and look what happened to us. You know, like we were, this was this whole thing that the Irish would, you know, be in the land of the lotus seizures and then all the immigrants would be making the hamburgers and uh, painting and building the houses and we, the Irish, would be in our deck chairs. It didn't work out like that. No, but that was... You uh, shouldn't believe what Bertie tells you, though. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a slightly ridiculous thing to say, isn't it, really? <laughs> no, but, I mean, there was that sense. I mean, I had him on the radio all the time. Yeah. Like, we need all these people. People. We need all these people. It then transpired, really, we didn't need all these people because 15% of the population was unemployed. Yeah, but that's mm. because you had a situation whereby the Irish Minister of Finance was saying that we can both cut taxes and increase spending at the same time and saying that everyone telling him not to do that was wrong. And he was clearly wrong. The EU were telling him not to do that. They were saying, you can't continue this. It's not sustainable. And they basically threw two fingers up to the to the EU and look where it got us. But... The, isn't it, Dylan? I mean, you, you, the three of you are strangely added him, which might make for perfect debate, but it doesn't <laughs> really matter. Um, we 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 talked to some older people, like real older people, don't we? Okay, okay. Right, okay. And they universally, Dylan, are afraid of immigration. Universally, right? Now, uh, Kevin's point is essentially that's a bogeyman theory. Do you believe that too? Absolutely, it's not. It, it doesn't have any bearing on even even the type of immigration as well. We were speaking about this before. The type of immigration that comes from Europe is not even the type of immigration which is supposedly being used as this as this kind of bogeyman. There's plenty of immigration to Europe or to the UK rather that isn't from people from the European Union as well. It's the it. There is so few arguments on the Leave side that they've got resorted to these just very base fear tactics and realise that that's one that particularly right. worked. Okay, but Tony, when you came here in mm. the 80s, you came here with a couple of major pluses for the British economy, mm. right? You were well educated mm. and you spoke English yeah. and you were culturally, uh, you know, a, a brother in that sense, mm. right? Now, that meant for a seamless transition, unless you opened your mouth, nobody walking in Piccadilly Circus was going to know that you were a foreigner. However, what we are now seeing in major numbers is a change in the actual culture. Like what we're seeing in many of our Irish schools is, say, with Muslim girls, huge effect on PE because mm. they can't change in the same mm. sort of gymnasium. They can't even compete or whatever. Mm. Isn't, isn't, isn't there a culture change? Yeah, I'm sure there is. But um, isn't change interesting, George? No. Oh, well, I think change is interesting and change can yeah. be energetic and, and dynamic and be uh, enrich a culture. Uh, and I think Ireland needed to be enriched because, I mean, uh, uh, you know, 1980s in Ireland and before, very closed, very conservative, sure. mm, yeah. very repressed 
we're much more open now. And I think that must be part of the fact that we have invited people in or people have come in and that we have gone out ourselves. It is a bit rich, isn't it, that yeah. Irish people do talk about, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, a, I don't live in Ireland, but what you're suggesting is that people are a bit uh, certain about immigration in Ireland. But I mean, look at all the numbers of people from Ireland who have emigrated over the decades well, and, you see, and over not, the century. I'm not comfortable with that. You see. You're not comfortable with what? The, the immigration in Durant. I'm not comfortable with it at all. Mm. I mean, 74 families a month are homeless now, and 2,000 children, as you mm. and I speak, are living in hotels. So how do, you give, how do you give houses to people when you can't give houses to your own? For it's sake. A, it's a, it, uh, yeah, okay, but uh, without none of the ins and the outs, it's a fairly simple link to make. Yeah. But I can be uh, pretty sure by uh, in the 1980s, if I can keep going on about yeah, the 1980s, was, yeah. that there was poverty then. There were people out uh, yeah, who hadn't sure. homes and so on. So it's just, as, as one of the guys was saying, it's, it's a shift in how it's been uh, talked about. All right, but let me talk to, to you two, Kevin and Dylan. Did you have to come here or did you come here by choice? Uh, it was kind of half and half, really. The weird thing is, I left Ireland because there were no jobs in the industry I wanted to work in, and then I came here, and now I work for an Irish company. Um, mm. But I think one thing that needs to be said is that Irish people have a very long history of leaving Ireland, taking over large parts of other countries in term culturally, and and making a big thing about being there. Mm. I have cousins in uh, in England, in Scotland, in. New Zealand, in America, in the Middle East. Yeah. And that's just the way the Irish people have always been. And I think it's incredibly rich for us to do that for centuries. And then once people start going, oh, actually, Ireland seems like a desirable place to go, we go, no, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. That's not fair. We're basically, you know, we go one no down in a football match on the street with our mates and we take our ball and go home. Do you have to come here, Joe? And not not have to in the sense of previous generations. It was, yeah, it was more, But I think you know what I finished university in 2012, and I think most of my friends went. But if you graduated in 1959, irrespective yeah, yeah, of yeah. the degree you took, yeah. you got a degree in one hand and an airplane ticket in the other. There's def there's no parity between the two situations at all. Like it's yeah, that's, that's a huge difference. And I mean, I was talking to somebody earlier on, like when I came here, half the Irish population would be going to an Irish dance mm. in Archway, you know, where they met other Irish people and talked about home. Do you know? Um, I but, the, but the relationship, George, has changed between both countries. It's not yes. it's not just one way as well. So, you know, so Britain might be our largest trading partner, but we're their fifth largest trading partner as well. That's pretty, mm. like we're worth more to the British economy than Brazil, China and India combined, which is which might say you know something about the, the trade between those countries but that's that says a lot about how interdependent we are um so whereas before that that wouldn't have been the case in the 50s either whatsoever it would have been much more of a one-way thing so we have we have a lot more cards in our hands now i think as well which gives a confidence to irish people when they leave and when they come to new places and i think people you know people like tony's generation as well helped us have that confidence and Absolutely. got more confidence but, as they came. But uh, Tony, my, Tony Davis and uh, Dylan Haskins and uh, Kevin Byrne are my guests uh, in a close-up program talking really about leaving Britain but more about the Irish in Britain almost in a sense. 30 years in Britain, hmm. right? Now, when I was here, right, all I could think about was going home. All I could think about mm -hmm. was going home, mm -hmm. right? And I had, I had these dreams of like walking up Grafton Street by the coffee and Bewley's and stuff. 
in, you didn't go home at all. No. I mean, there would have been tons of opportunity for you to go home. In the, in the 1990s, obviously, the Celtic Tiger started to yeah. uh, uh, emerge. Um, no, I, I settled. I uh, married somebody who was English. And uh, I, I became part of the, the, the fabric. Forgive the personal question. Kids? Yeah. Two kids, yeah. Yeah, so these kids now are speaking with broad British accents and supporting England in the Euros, are they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, is the answer. <laughs> I mean, they... they no, uh, it's just I have this yeah. astonishing experience. About, I have two grandchildren in London. Yes. And they're British. Well, I, I think there is... A, a, maybe it's a problem, I don't know. It's, it's a sort of a dual identity. So when Ireland are playing rugby, they are definitely for Ireland. And there is a sense in which they are schizophrenic okay. in that sense. So, <laughs> well, what about Dylan and Kevin? I mean, you know, you've got a you've got a long working life ahead of you. Do you see yourselves going back? I mean, do you pine for? Well, there are no rugby club dances on Saturday nights anymore, so I don't know what you guys do. But you know what I mean? Do you pine for whatever it is? I I, I miss my friends and family, no doubt. <clears throat> um, it would be a lot easier if I was living in Dublin. Uh, I moved to London about two years ago and it, there have been times when it's been really hard it's been really isolating um, but you know at the same time I'm trying to go out and just live my own life and I think our generation uh, especially with the internet and I've got a hundred different ways to keep in contact with people back yeah, home That's true. it does kind of make it easier and it makes you more open to, to leaving yeah. and I have uh, the year that I left uh, from March 2013 to March 2014 uh, a person emigrated from Ireland every six minutes. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And it, we're still doing yeah. it at a huge rate. Do you want to go home? <laughs> yeah, I, I... I mean, the girls are unbelievable in Graven Street these days. It's not it's not untrue. They're, they're also much more cracked than English girls, I have to say. Um, you know, you came thinking a new a new, a new, new world here, but then there's nothing like an Irish girl to put you in your place, which, is, which you know, yeah. I found was something there. Okay. But, uh, but, uh, but, but, yeah, but I think... I, I'm here at the moment because I'm doing a job that I could only be doing here. Okay. Uh, but ultimately, I, I absolutely I want to be. Yeah. I think I want to be in Ireland, and I want to, you know, apply the skills that I learn here, in in Ireland. Yeah. The interesting thing, Tony, for mm. these two guys mm. is like they Skype and they do all this stuff home. Yeah. You and I actually, I think, probably put a stamp on the letter, do we? <laughs> George, you're painting me into a corner here. <laughs> I, o- was, I occasionally send a letter for nostalgic reasons, but I do use the uh, internet and so forth. No, but in 86, I mean... Oh, in 86, of yeah. course. No, there yeah, was no such absolutely. thing as the internet. That's right. And there was no such thing as the as Ryanair. That's right. So we went back and forth on the cattle boat That's right. to Dunleary. Well, uh, great bit of nostalgia. Thanks for uh, that. It was great fun to be with you. Uh, my guests, Kevin and Dylan and Tony, it